recording studio at Wimberley Road, welcome to Extraordinary Joes, where we tell the extraordinary stories of ordinary people, just like you and me. Each week, we'll sit down with a special guest and hear the story of their life, career, and lessons they've learned along the way. After spending some time with our guest, you just might realize that your next extraordinary story is well within reach. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's get started. Today's special guest on Extraordinary Joes is a college freshman, a former student manager of mine on a basketball team I coached, who is now on to much bigger and much better things than working for me. She's got a fascinating story. She's taking on a huge challenge, and I cannot wait for you to hear about what she's got going on. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's hear from Esther Marcus. First, Esther, we're going to start with our aggressive hello as soon as you're ready sounds good all right esther coffee or tea um i would drink both but i'm not a fan of either one really Really? i mean they don't really do anything to me okay it's weird all right uh animal you most fear Ooh. uh can i say reptiles yeah anything any creature i don't know i mean i'd say maybe spiders wait a minute what? Did you just say, can I say reptiles and then choose a spider? Oh my God. That's not <laughs> what I meant to say. How's, how's the education there at Kennesaw State? It's real good, I swear. <laughs> okay. Oh God. So are you, are you afraid of reptiles and spiders or are you, do you, no, are you feeling insects. like a spider might be a reptile? No, it's a spider. It's okay. an insect. Spiders in general. <laughs> right. Okay. And maybe reptiles. Yeah. All right. How about a Chick-fil-A or Popeye sandwich? Come on. I've worked at Chick-fil-A for three years. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Are you still working there? I am. Yeah. I'm working during breaks at my original store that's Chick-fil-A at Avalon. And then I work at the one at Kennesaw as well, which is, you know, it's different. Is it on campus? It's right off of campus. It's like three minutes away, I think. Did you know that I worked at Chick-fil-A in the past? Did you really? Yeah. I did not know that. Um, before Piney. Okay. Um, oh, wow. I worked from like 5 a.m. to around noon. Okay. And then I, um, it was when I was coaching in college and the college I was working at was not a paying job. Right. So I worked at, um, yeah, I did. I worked like the opening shift at Chick-fil-A. Very cool. I could see you working at Chick-fil-A. Um, it was, I smelled like fried chicken all the time. Yeah. Well, that's the um, life. Yeah. It, it was. It was okay. It was, t- it was tough because of the hours. It really depends we just on had a the kid. store that you work at, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Favorite childhood television show? Ooh. Mm, let's either say, like, child child or, like, middle school years? Yeah, whatever. Um, I'd go between, like, Hannah Montana, Carly Victoria, oh, wow. Jonas L.A. Okay. <laughs> Those kinds of shows. All right. Um, hot, regular, or no yoga? Uh, I think regular. I haven't tried hot. Do you do you regularly yoga? No, I'd say like twice a month. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I've tried to. I, I'm probably about the same. I like. I really enjoy it, but I have a hard time finding time to do it. For sure. Um, okay, if you could go back in time and change any event in your history or world history. What would it be? Oh gosh, that's very broad. 
in world history, let's say, I don't know, can I change a war? Yeah, sure. You can do whatever you want. It's your show. Sure, I'll change a war and just make the war not happen, but good things happen anyways. Any particular war? Just just pick one. <laughs> just any war. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Last or favorite concert you've attended? Uh, do you know who Tarn Wells is? I don't. I'm I'm not real cool. I don't know if you remember no, that. No, but... it's okay. He's a Christian singer. Okay. So you went to I a went, concert? Yeah, I, we went there and I volunteered there. Oh, so you like cool. work the concert? Yeah. What is, I mean... I know it's Christian music, but is there like a style of music? Like, um, it's really I don't know. His type of music is really cool. He's very energetic and he's very like fun. Okay, Tarin Wells. Yes. To check him out. Um, small thing that makes you happy. Small thing that makes me happy. Um, I don't know. My love language is acts of service. So just like when people do things, I think without sure. like me telling them to do, I guess. Okay. Thing that you guys made fun of me about behind my back when I was coaching you at Piney Grove. Ew. I'm just kidding. So I'm just kidding. Don't answer, don't answer, I don't know don't what to choose from. Don't answer the question. I don't, I don't know if I could handle it. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Uh, all right, Esther, thanks for um, playing along with the new segment, the aggressive hello. And uh, if you'll take uh, a minute and kind of introduce yourself to our audience, let us know who you are. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we're going to figure out how to use words today. Okay. I, um, my name is Esther Cunha Marcus. I am 19 years old, just turned 19 actually. And I come from a very loud and obnoxious and exciting Brazilian family. Um, I was raised in that, a very big family. I have three brothers and three sisters. So we are very, very out there to say the least. Um, I go to, I'm a freshman at Kennesaw State University and I am studying with a communications major and a Spanish minor, hoping to take that somehow a little into ministry and see what I can do with that. I'm not too sure exactly what I'm going to do yet, but I've got some time. Um, I am going on the world race gap year, which is a gap year for, I'm doing for my sophomore year because I came in technically as a sophomore to Kennesaw. So I'm not really losing a lot of school, but the Lord has told me to embark on this journey for nine months in three different countries. I'm going to be spending three months in Guatemala and then three months in Costa Rica and then three months in this country called Swaziland in South Africa. And I don't know, I guess I can talk a little bit about that later, but yeah, that's the gist, I think. Real quick, before we get to the important stuff, was of it your course. dad who, um, I think it was your dad, but when I was, it was probably my dad. So you were a man, just for the, um, for the listeners, you were a manager on the middle school basketball team that I coached in, uh, Correct. and I feel like it was your dad would sit like front row and yep. just, just yell at everybody. Yep. That's like correct. the referees, our kids, like in a good way for our kids, but like, <laughs> yeah, man. and like, and like you were, I mean, not that what you were doing was not uh, like important, but it wasn't like you were out there playing, but right. he was like the most enthusiastic parent we had. And you were over there like keeping stats or something. It was awesome. Yeah, no, correct. He's just, I don't know. He'll be anywhere and he'll always think his voice is more important than <laughs> anybody else. So 
yeah, many people vaguely remember those scenes. Um, and now, did you grow up any in Brazil, or were you raised entirely here in the United States? No, I was raised entirely here, but all of my siblings were born and raised in oh, Brazil. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I was an accident. I, my mom calls it a blessing in disguise, but yeah. my oldest sister is 20 years older than me, so oh, that wow. tells you anything. Yeah. Sure. Okay, so I'm excited. The reason, I mean, big reason you're here is I wanted you to share about this world race, and right. I'm hoping that we can um, help you out a little bit. So. I guess start with like, how did you get into this? Where where did you learn about it, and what led you to explore this opportunity? Yeah, okay. So I had a friend in high school, and her name is Brooke Ann Townsend, and she went on the world race while, or she's a year older than me, so she went right after her senior year in high school, and I did flood student missions with her in high school, which is this outreach service pro project program that we did in high school which we just like went out to atlanta and fed the homeless or worked with just anything it was just a service project club kind of thing and so after her senior year she did it and so that's how i kind of knew about it i didn't really know too much in detail about it yet but that's how i knew what it was and then um basically the story is that i went to my i go to passion city church in atlanta and one sunday i was there with my friend Addison Holler, and we went to the service, and David Platt, I don't know if you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was speaking, and his message was just super, super convicting, you know, as he does, and he was just kind of talking about how um, how we are living in this bubble in life, about how just not thinking necessarily about how we're affecting People and like how there are two billion people in the world who don't know who Jesus is, and like what are we gonna do about it? Like we're just sitting here with our you know first world problems, complaining about anything and everything, and that's not how it's supposed to be. So he was just kind of like, "What are you gonna do about it?" And that just kind of put a lot of weight on me. And after we were walking back to the car, Addison was like. Esther, did that message necessarily make you think about anything? And it was weird that she said that because as soon as I had, like, heard it and, like, as soon as he had said, what are you going to do about it, I started thinking about the world race for some reason. And so I was like, it's really weird that you asked that because it made me start thinking about the race. And she's like, whoa, Esther, that's a big deal. Like, that's not a light, you know, thing to be thinking about. And I was like, no, trust me, I know. And so I went home that Sunday and started doing some research and watching some videos and whatnot. And I just spent hours on end just, you know, doing research and looking at the website and whatever. And then that Monday, I was supposed to go to an advising appointment for at Kennesaw to declare my major. And so I went and the whole time during the appointment, I was thinking about the race and I was supposed to go home and declare my major. And I went home Instead of declaring my major, I watched some more videos, did some more research, and um, I just, I declared my major later, that's not big of a deal, but it was weird because I just kept, you know, it was just so persistent on me, and like the Lord was just so evident in that, it was like, no, you need to keep your eyes on what they, on where they need to be, and so I did more research, I opened the application, 
and like started selling it out for fun just because I'm, you know, that type of person. And I got to the essay questions and I was like, absolutely not, not about to write these essay questions because I'm not actually going to do this. Yeah. And, and so later I, I closed the laptop and just kind of twiddled my th- thumbs for a bit and opened the application again. And I was like, you know, I'm not doing anything right now. Might as well do these essay questions just for fun. Kicks and giggles. Right. Why not? And so I go and I do them and then I end up pressing next and next and I end up submitting my application. And the next step is to schedule a phone interview and I schedule a phone interview because what else would I do? And then I scheduled that for Thursday. Take note that I think only one or two of my friends know about this by now. And I and they're my work crew friends who I met over the summer. And I haven't told my parents. I decide, how long, where, how, like, is this like within a few days or? Yeah, so I was just about okay. to say that. So I thought about it on that Sunday, applied on the Monday. Okay. My, my phone interview was on that Thursday. Wow. So after that Monday, I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday that I went up to my parents. And I was like, hey, mom and dad, I kind of did a thing, kind of may or may not have applied for this nine-month mission trip in three different countries leaving in September. And lucky for me, my dad's a missionary and my mom is super, she's a psychologist in the ministry and all that kind of stuff. So they were super, super supportive and I could have never asked for better reactions. And they were just kind of like, the first thing my dad said was, Hey, if this is what the Lord is telling you to do, then you need to do it. Like we cannot stand in your way, even if we wanted to. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So I was super, super lucky. Cause I know of stories of where parents would have never, never given me that even a thought. So I was, yeah, I was super, super blessed with, in that aspect. And so I told them, and then I had my interview on Thursday, and it was it went super well. She kind of talked about how, like, they loved my application, and they got most of what they needed to get from it, and they just wanted to clarify some things and ask some more questions and whatever. And so it was about 20 minutes long, and at the end she was like, Esther, do you have any questions for us? And I was like, um... I mean, when necessarily do you think I'm going to hear back? Like, where do we go from here? And she was like, well, at the end of this interview, I'll let you know whether you're accepted or not. Oh, wow. Yeah, I kind of just, my jaw kind of dropped. And I was like, you said what now? (laughs) And because I wasn't expecting to hear them there. Right. And so I was like, okay, well, if she didn't say it right there, then that means I was denied. And I just started kind of getting nervous and whatever. And so she asked me a question about my shrimp allergy. And I told her about my shrimp allergy. And then she was just kind of like, well, Esther, we would absolutely love to have you on the race. We think you're a perfect fit. And the Lord has so much in store for you. And just all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, I think I was just in an initial shock. Like, I just didn't know what was happening. Because I was like, what? what, what am I doing? Like, this is crazy. And kind of just went from there, kind of went telling people and it just started getting a little bigger. And then I committed to it. I don't know. It all happened super, super, super quickly, but that's how I knew that it was just, it was supposed to happen because it was out of my hands, you know, in order to complete control over the, the entire situation that like, he was like, you don't even need to think about this. I'm just going to have it 
happen real quick for you, so you're just set in stone and you're ready to go, you know. But I've been really lucky with how it it's turned out, and that's I've been ama- really blessed. Yeah, that's that amazing. Too, for sure. Okay, so they tell you you're accepted. Yes. And uh, I mean, what 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 have you been doing since then? What's the next step for you? So basically, everything right now is getting ready to go. So it's a lot of fundraising, yeah, to say the least. Um, and just you know, asking people for prayers and support and all that kind of stuff. And now I'm gonna get a lot of equipment because it's all I can carry is like I think it's like a fifty or sixty liter, um, like one of those REI like camping book bags, you know. Yeah. And that's all I've got for the entire trip. So it's going to be very, very tight knit packing, which I'm going to have to learn how to do. But I'm going to ask um, other world race people that I know as well. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I think it's just really fundraising and just asking for support in that aspect. So, all right, talk talk me through what you know about the actual, is, is it a, it's not a race, right? Did they just call it that? No. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's just called that. Okay, so you're just you're traveling around to these different countries to can you talk us through wh- what you know about how this will look for you yeah for sure so um i found out the countries that i was going on a couple i think like a month or two back and so i'm gonna spend my first three months in guatemala and i think there or at all these countries it's like a mixture of either working in schools or living at the homes of some people and just kind of helping with their daily routines or just like taking over for women who are just doing crazy amount of work and just taking over their jobs for them and cooking for people. And like, I think I said this teaching in schools and just like playing soccer with kids and just like all this kind of stuff. It's really just on contact ministry every day because you're spending your days your I guess literal months with these people and you're getting to know them and you're building relationships and you're teaching them about the Lord and you're letting the Lord speak through you into them because that's at the end of the day what you're there for but it's also about you know helping them and making their lives a little easier as well just because you know that's the gist of what we also want to do so will they pair you up with a a host family or they'll have that taken care of or you're going to show up and have to sort of manage that on your own. How does that work? No. Yeah. So they have everything taken care of. We travel or my team, I guess my squad is going to have 50 people, I think total and it. And then from there we split into like, I think groups of like seven, eight or nine. And so I'll be like with other like six or seven girls. Okay. And we will live in like, I think we all kind of split up in different parts of like Guatemala and Costa Rica and Swaziland and we work in a specific area. So we're not all together all the time, gotcha. which is what I've kind of understood from it as well. I don't know everything too much in detail, but that's like kind of what I know. But we will live in either, I think either where um, our like leaders live which is like i think a specific world race area or we'll live just like literally in the town with people i think with those families as well okay um and is so when you say leaders are there people on the ground to help provide support yeah so there's like people on base who live in those countries who work with the world race who they're gonna help us with and then there are also 
um, our leaders who are going with us, traveling with us, have already done the race and already been through everything who are just going to, are there to help guide us, you know? Right. So three months you poured into these people sort of on a micro level, I guess, and whatever their daily routines are. Yes, exactly. When you finish that, they, you know, they arrange for you to travel to the next country and you kind of start over again. Correct. Wow. Yeah. It's a little crazy. Um, so, and then the, I guess wherever you're staying, they, they kind of help provide for whatever basic needs are, um, in terms of food and shelter and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, correct. So the money that you're raising, uh, helps pay for what? So it's basically, it's flights, it's, um, like insurance. It is, I don't know, it's a mixture of a lot of things. It's, um, also helping with like everything that we're doing there with food that we're getting there. Sure. They've just like kind of like put everything together and they have like a whole list of it that I can also send to you to put in, you know, below. Yeah. You can kind of put out there as well. So nine months, I know is that's right. Nine months. Yes. Nine months. Um, what, what's the, what's the total dollar amount that you have to raise for your trip? So it's exactly it rounds up to sixteen thousand. So I think it's about fifteen thousand eight hundred. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Do you know where you are right now? Um. Right now, I'm like a because pro- I was like one of the first people to get accepted onto the race, which is kind of crazy because I like found out of it about it out of the blue. Yeah. But right now, I believe I'm a, maybe at like. 1500 which we need to get a move on okay so uh and then you leave in september i do yes okay and so i have to have five thousand by the time that i go on training camp which is in july and then ten thousand by the time of launch which is when we leave which is september 1st okay and then fifteen thousand, i think like halfway through the race or a couple months into the race gotcha and and what happens if you don't um, so what happens if I don't, I get, I think like a waiting time period to get everything in order or if not, then you have to go home from the race. No way. Yep. Okay. So we got, you got to get your money raised. I, yes, sir. I do. Okay. Um, okay. What are you doing to help do that? So it's, um, I am selling shirts. That's the first thing that I started off with. And it's, they're $25 each and they can see those through any of my social media pages and then just order them through me and I can ship them out. Or I am also just, I'm sending out support letters to just people I know in January. And I'll probably put something out on my blog as well to kind of request, if you want a support letter, then I'll like send it out to you. And it's just a lot of, you know, putting yourself out there. One thing that they talk about and I, my advisor, Carly Myers, um, calls me at least, you know, like once a month and we kind of talk about everything. And she says that one big thing is with the race is putting yourself out there and like, and just, you have to get a lot out of your comfort zone in the willingness to ask people and put and literally lay yourself out on the line and kind of just be like, like, this is what I need from you and right. you and pe- 
there are like insane stories about how the Lord has like been shown through people and just their donations and just people just completely being generous and you you get really surprised I think is the big moral of the story with the amount that people are just crazy enough to give and so one also another thing that has kind of weighed on me is the fact that when I started this I was just kind of like if the Lord is giving me the willingness to do this and to apply for this and to commit fully to this, then he's also going to provide, you know, the funds and the money and all of that kind of stuff as well. So, I mean, on one aspect, yes, it has worried me a tremendous amount, but it's also given me peace in the fact knowing that, like, I know that it's going to work out in whatever way sure. it does end up, you know? I remember when I was in high school, um, I don't even remember. I it was I wasn't going on the trip, but some friends of mine were going on a. Uh, may have been like a RYM, like a little, like a it was like a, a fairly local deal. Anyways, there, one of my friend's dads was the pastor, and when he was, I remember he was talking to the church. I happened to be visiting his church that day, and yeah. you know, usually you hear, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but usually you hear, like, all right, if you can't give, you know, then just please pray for us, right? Right. And uh, it was really interesting because this guy was like, listen, like, I don't need your prayers. <laughs> He's like, we got plenty of people praying for us. We need your money. Yeah. Like, if we're going to go on this trip, we need your money. Uh, right. Anyway, I thought it was pretty, it was like pretty honest, like. Um, and straightforward. Straightforward uh, way to say it. But I'm trying to find, uh, and I'll, of course, I'll put it on your show notes. How do I get to your t-shirts? Yeah. So that's just, you can either, either get to them on my social media because I've made a post about it. And it's just really me selling them. And I'm working through a company called Fund the Nations. And they're, like, designing them for me. And then they're going to ship them out to me personally. And then I will ship them out to anybody else. So it's either on my Instagram there's a post about it. Or I made a blog about it as well on my website. Oh, I guess I should be following you on social media. Um. Yeah, probably. I just, I just, I just requested it. We'll see if you. Accept. No, you're good. But uh, I will also just make my account public because that will make life easier as well. Okay, so it looks like they are. Um, is it the ones that say "Love needs no translation"? Yes, that's cool. Fun. All right, so we'll definitely put those up. So one way we can help is we can purchase a T-shirt. Yes. And then that your help that's helping you raise money. Um, other ways we can do, we can donate money straight to you through Venmo. It looks like. Yeah, you can do it through Venmo or you can do it through the website as well. Okay. And with the website, it you know whatever the adult thing is, the where you get your tax things back. Is that? Yeah, that's the thing. How do you? Yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tax deductible donation, right? Right, right, right. Okay. Yes. So the donations through the website are tax deductible, and. Yeah, they work really well as well. So yeah, it's anything through Venmo or Cash App or Zelle or whatever. Okay. Transfer method you use. That's awesome. Well, um, is your are you? I know the church you go to is really big. I think if I'm remembering. Yeah, Passion City. Yeah, are they able to? Yeah, it's pretty been able huge. To generate any support from them or? So because it's so big, I mean, I can like, I think I'm gonna try and like contact somebody and see if I can do anything about it but I don't necessarily know how far I can get through that just because they are just huge you know which could be good if you could just get a word out right because there's exactly tens of thousands of people probably who go to those oh yeah um 
we went to Brownsbridge when we were up there. Is it similar, yeah, similar I go, type church? Yeah. So I went to Brownsbridge when I lived in Cumming. Okay. And so I absolutely love them as well. Is Passion but City a North Point a church? Are they connect? Are they related? No, Passion okay. City is not a North Point church. It's it's really really big. You know the Passion Conference. Yes. Yeah. So that's coming up in a few days, and that's so I'm going to that. But that's led by Passion City. Oh wow. And like that's literally in at Mercedes Benz, and there's gonna be so many people there, and like our pastor is gonna be the main person speaking there, and our band is gonna be playing there as well. So like. No, it's crazy big. I did get baptized there though, okay. and back in April, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely a surreal experience sure. happening there. All right, so t-shirts, uh, direct, direct money to Esther through the website. Everything's tax. Uh, to through the website's tax deductible. Um, okay, cool. So hopefully we can we can drum up some interest and help you out a little bit. Um, cool. Yeah. Thank you. No, that's awesome. Well, we, I have tens of listeners, so hey, there's a chance no, that's that, uh, all we need. maybe I can sell you a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> do, I mean, do you have any more specifics about, uh, what you're up against as you travel or is it very much, um, sort of up in the air? Like you just kind of know some basics and then after that, it's like a, let's just see what happens. Yeah. A lot of it is up in the air. I can read you some, um, specific things from the website so let me pull those up just because like they will tell you a little bit more about exactly what I'm gonna do in each country which is kind of really cool to know it's just it's the concept of just not being home for nine months is just gonna be so weird sure do you are you able to have any like contact communication uh back home or are you just completely out there yeah, I mean, I have my phone that I can, like, use Wi-Fi on and, you know, FaceTime. And I'll also be blogging a lot from the race. So I'll have okay. my laptop and just be blogging and upset, updating everybody at home. So that'll be cool. All right, so in Guatemala, um, it's basically saying that I'm going to serve alongside the Adventures and Mission Space in various outreach programs there the focus is community outreach and development children's ministry and sports ministry so i begin in guatemala i'll spend three months at the base there, located near the town of antigua and the base staff teaches and equips you with god's word you will work alongside them to build relationships with the surrounding communities you may find yourself playing soccer with neighborhood kids doing outreach in local villages or teaching english in a primary school here you will reach new heights in your faith and show God's love in tangible ways. Oh. Um, yeah, so serve communities through water filter distribution, community outreach, stove installation, disciple through monthly church mobilization conferences, beauty for ashes, and team discipleship. And uh, yeah, so the concept is serve, disciple, and send. So serving the communities, discipling through the church mobilization and sending through training and mobilization as well. So that'll be in Guatemala. In Costa Rica, um, the focus is sports ministry, community outreach, kids ministry, and manual labor. And there's, it says, begin your journey also in Costa Rica, where misty volcanoes stand guard over bustling San Jose, home to our adventures and mission space. Serve with a variety of our ministry partners who are showing the radical love of Jesus to the city. Your team might teach dance or 
English or share God's word with neighborhood kids. Or you might do community projects and slums devastated by gang violence and poverty. As you grow in your spiritual gifts through weekly teachings from our base staff, walk out your faith by showing this Pure Vida nation the true sources of life. So that's really cool. Yeah. And then Swaziland focuses children's ministry, community development, and leadership. Um, during the last three months of your journey, you will partner with the Adventures and Missions in um, the Iswantini base, which is the word for Swaziland there. The team there is bringing new hope to a country where thousands of children have been orphaned by the HIV AIDS epidemic. At care points around the country, the local Iswantini staff provides the children with food, clean water, education, health care, and discipleship. We will equip you to holistically care for these children and teach them about Jesus. Break away from modern life as you serve in Nisoko, a place marked by incredible sunsets and the simple peace of African rural life. There you go. Yeah, so it's super cool. How how have your friends um, responded to this new adventure? Yeah, well, they obviously, they're super, super supportive, all of them are, and I could not also be blessed more blessed of how they've been reacting and supporting and sharing as well. So I, yeah, I've been really, really lucky with that. Yeah. That's all. a lot of times, unfortunately, the, sometimes the people that we're closest to are, uh, can be critical or, you know, their, their discomfort or worry can come out. Uh, but that's awesome to hear that you got both your right. family support and your friend support. Yeah. Um, they're, ob- they're obviously, you know, you know, and shock obviously about it as well when I first told them. And um, Anessa and I, Anessa's my best friend for you all of those and don't know. And we talk a lot about how this is going to be for us just because we are basically one person and, <laughs> you know, everything about each other and basically do not live without each other at all. So this is going to be very interesting um, because in the last or well, in the last three months while I'm in South Africa, I think one of the weeks while I'm there, there's like a family thing where your family comes and they just like spend the week with you and like see what you're doing. Oh, cool. And Anessa's coming to oh, that. Wow. Of course yeah. she is. Yeah. Of course she is. That's awesome. So that'll be great. Um, so how about like, how did you, I mean, I know you, you mentioned the, the church service and, um, sort of the tug at your heart to do this, but yeah, I mean, most college freshmen are going to football games or parties or, you know, what, you know, you know, normal college stuff. Um, like what's different or what, what's the, the big draw for you to be doing something so drastically different than, what your peers are doing no yeah for sure so um i think the biggest thing is the fact that over the summer i served for a month at a young life camp called sharp top cove in jasper georgia and i i served on their work crew meaning we were spending basically our entire day it was from i think like 7 a.m to let's say 11 just um setting tables and serving food to kids, and bussing tables, and setting tables again, and then bussing them. It was just basically all day of the same thing, and it was just, it was so refreshing in a way that 
we literally got up at 7 a.m. every single day. We did our devotions. We journaled. We spent time with the Lord. And then we went off and we literally spent our entire day serving these kids. And I created such amazing, like incredible friendships from this. And I'm literally going to Knoxville in a couple of days. I have a friend flying down from Texas and he's driving down with me. And we are spending time with our work crew friends who are coming down from North Carolina and or we're going to Tennessee. So they're coming from North Carolina, from South Carolina, from Maryland, from Texas, and then me from Georgia. And we're spending time with each other just because this um, work crew brought us together just so insanely strongly. And I could not be more thankful for the relationships that I built there, which I also know is going to be tiny in comparison to the relationships that I'm going to build on the race. But during work crew, I just kind of realized how much I love serving and how much of my time I want to invest there just because that is absolutely like what I'm passionate about and what I love to do. And I never want to necessarily be cliche about it and just kind of be like, oh yeah, like I just love to serve Lord and I just love to help people and all that kind of stuff. Just because no, like that's not what I'm about. Like I'm doing it right? not for me. I'm doing it in order to help them because that's what I'm needed to do. Yeah. Like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Not because I want to make myself look better. I want to put on an act of, you know, this girl who does everything right and helps just because she wants the attention from it. So I saw a glimpse of that through Worker this summer and it was and that was just a month. So obviously work or the world race is gonna be definitely different because it's not for a month and it is not in you know, these air-conditioned cabins and eating nice meals every day. But obviously it's going to be different. But I, I, that's one thing that gives me a glimpse of being so excited for the race just because I did spend every single day that month putting myself out there and spending so much time with the Lord and being in a community of people who wanted the same thing and serving these kids and at these camps who were coming in and being able to share my story with them and have worship sessions with them and see them give their life to the Lord. I don't know. It's, it's a surreal experience. Yeah. So that's the thing that I'm most excited for. What kind of scares you a little bit about the trip? Um, I think mostly just kind of the unknown. Yeah. Cause there's so much that like, I just don't know necessarily what I'm getting into but, I mean, anybody who really knows me <laughs> knows that, like, my motto is not, like, saying this to an extreme, but my motto is, like, there's a verse in Esther that says, if I die, I die. And, like, that's just kind of what I live by. And it's just, I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm just not going to live in fear. And I'm I'm a person that really doesn't kind of live in fear. Like, I live in fear with the things that you're supposed to live in fear about. Right. But with other things, it's just kind of like, I'm just going to do it, and I'm going to do it with no fear, and whatever happens, happens, and whatever the outcome is, is what the Lord wanted the outcome to be. And so, that I don't know, I'm not necessarily scared or nervous about anything exactly. I am just kind of going to put myself out there fully with absolutely no expectations, because I know like you're not supposed to have any expectations with this thing. And just kind of see where I am taken. 
Yeah, it's a great perspective. Um, Thanks. What happens after the world race? Have, have you have you like? Is there a plan? Like, do they have programs set up when you come home? You've been gone for a year. You start go back to school. Like, what what's next? So that is something that I've thought about, and I have really kind of told anybody that's asked that it's not necessarily a, a set in stone plan just because I have absolutely yeah, no sure. idea how yeah. I'm going to feel during or before or after the race. And so, yeah, I, I could go back to college. I could decide not to. I could transfer to UGA. I could stay at right. Kennesaw. I really do not know where my head is going to be at. But, I I mean, my plan was to, you know, do all four years of college. You know, nothing ever works out with your plan. And so, like, this world race yeah. was definitely not in my plan ever whatsoever. So I I, I really can't set a plan in were, stone, were you able but we to, will see I guess like, whatever the Lord wants me to uh, do, you know. Through Kennesaw, like, put your – sort of put your studies on hold and if you want you just hop back in or yeah so really what i do with kennesaw is just i kind of um finish off my freshman year and then just kind of withdraw and then if i want to come back like you said you're and when you finish this year you'll be be uh sophomore or junior oh wow when i finish this year technically i'll be a junior Esther, I, I hope that um, we can help, help raise some money for you. Um, I'll <clears throat> Obviously, people will get to learn about your story through the show, and um, I'll put all your links on the show notes and do everything I can to put it out on uh, my social media stuff. And uh, you can obviously link, once I get the show up, you can link to there as well. But hopefully we can, um, other than just sharing uh, your awesome story, we can get you some money raised. Uh, so you can take your trip. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. That means the world. Yeah. Esther, as far as long as I've, I've known you, you've, um, I mean, you, I remember, I remember talking with you as a eighth grader, as if you were like one of my assistant coaches, um, <laughs> just because of your maturity level. Um, and, uh, you're, you got a great perspective on who you are and how you want to live your life. Um, and I, I just, I love that you're, you're doing this. I love the, the courage with which you're approaching it. Um, and uh, I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing uh, what you're doing and your story. And again, hopefully we can do a little more good than just, uh, just talking about it. And I can get some people behind you, help you, uh, help you take this trip. No. Awesome. That is, that is also honestly the best thing to hear. Thank you so much. And your words mean more than you imagine as well. And I'm very, very thankful for you and for what you're doing as well. I'm very, very thankful to say the least. Sure. Well, thanks for, um, thanks for coming on the show, Esther. And, uh, we'll, we'll check back in, uh, soon and hopefully with an update and, uh, but again, thanks and best of luck and, uh, keep an eye on the, the t-shirt sales and the Venmo account, we'll try to blow it up. For sure. Thank you so much. Thanks, Esther. Talk to you next time. See ya. Thank you for joining us for another session of Extraordinary Joes. Today's session is sponsored by Esther Marcus. Esther is about to embark on an incredible journey called the World Race, where she will travel around the world for nine months, sharing her faith, growing in her faith, and supporting people all over the world. 
And if you have the ability, please check out the show notes and see the ways that you can support Esther on her journey. You can buy a t-shirt, you can go through her Venmo account, you can go through the World Race account and make a tax-deductible donation to her cause. Esther is approaching this journey with great courage and great faith. That is impressive for anyone at any age, much less uh, someone who's just wrapping up their freshman year in college. So if there's anything that we can do to support Esther on her journey, please do check out the show notes once again to see how you can do that. Thank you so much for joining us today. I look forward to talking to you next time.